Hey guys, welcome back to the Simply Country Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. This podcast is with my dear friend Shelly. She is from Texas and she's going to tell you a little bit about her story, about how she is a teacher, how she got started into having her own little farm, and what her plans are for the future and why she is trying to make all things work and juggle and the importance that she feels when she is sharing her story online. On this episode, in the very beginning, there's a little bit of sketchy internet, Um, but I'm sure you guys all can experience that if you are living in the rural area. So um, we do get that pretty much fixed up in the middle of it, but in the very beginning, it might be a little bit cutty-abby. What I love about sharing podcasts is having conversations with everyday people who are just like you and I, who are trying to make things work and just trying to figure out how to do it is sometimes one of those questions that I get all the time is like, how do you make that jump from working like a nine to five to owning farm animals? And is it possible to do it all? So this is one of the reasons why I love talking to average everyday American. Let's get started. So, hey, Shelly, thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell our listeners where they can follow you and a little bit about your story? I'm on Facebook and Instagram as just Shell Burns. I am in Central Texas, um, about, well, halfway between Houston and Dallas, basically, is where we are. On 18 acres, we've been here seven and a half years now. We started in Conroe with um, eight acres, and then um, after we adopted our kids, we thought we needed to get away from where we were, so we... um, found this little spot my we started basically just my husband and I with horses we were just horse people and we took in rescues and we took in horses that people couldn't afford to feed and they couldn't do anything with and then when we moved here was when we started building um our little farm is what we call it and have two bulls and a cow that we raised as bottle babies. Um, When my son was five, that's what he asked for for his birthday, was a calf that he could raise. And we ended up with a bull off a dairy farm. Gave us a baby this last year during the Texas storm. Um, We um, woke up one morning and she was there. Four goats, um, three girls and a boy and all three of our girls are pregnant so we're just waiting on that we're thinking that this storm is probably going to um produce babies but we've pretty much this go round when these goats start having babies that we're going to uh, you know not all because i said you can't grow your herd if you don't keep you know some but um we're going to sell off a few and try to you know, recoup some of the money and then start making this make money for us because we can't just bottle feed everything and then keep it, you know? (laughs) Yes. And that bottle feeding takes a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of funds in order to keep those little guys Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Accumulated a lot over the years and you guys have really expanded from just being horse people. Now you can say you're well-rounded in the farm life. Yes, yes. So what 
was your passion for wanting to continue to expand into more more different types of animals? Well, I just, I wanted my to be able to know what farm I really like. It's something that I think will long run, whether they knew to want or if they just on from here and every other animal in their life, but at least they've learned, like I said, they've learned a lot of life in they've learned a lot of life just from having animals uh, about fence building and how, you know, you can get in the next day, you have hard, and so then you have to figure out how are they getting out still, it especially goes, oh my gosh, they get out all the time. Was it your husband? No, was I, it your husband um, that kind of started you into? I'm it? a huge. I'm a huge city girl. I um. I always thought that I was probably misplaced. Um, you know, as a kid, like I was in the wrong place. But I didn't know that until I got older and met my husband and um, started having animals and dealing with animals. <laughs> I mean, I had friends growing up who were in the ag program and all that, but we just didn't have those capabilities. Um, you know, I, my um, parents were divorced. My mom was single. We lived in a subdivision. So we didn't have the, I guess, the benefits or the ways and means to do that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't really something I thought I wanted to do. And then once I had animals I was like there's no other way I mean this it I just don't know what I'd do without them now you know yeah exactly can you explain to our listeners what benefits for you like what do you mean when you said you can't even imagine life without them what is the positives it's to me it's it's just so relaxing to come out and just be with the animals they can't talk to you, but they can in their own language. Um, and they can't really do anything for you except, you know, I can go out if I'm having a bad day and I can vent to them and it doesn't really go anywhere, but it just feels better because I've gotten it off my chest. And, you know, it's like, who really cares that they know they're just animals, but it's a way for me to get rid of things as a mom and sometimes just the just the crap that happens during the day i can just relieve it and sometimes i don't even have to say anything i just walk out there just be with the animals and it just makes me feel so much better it just for me it's a big stress reliever you know, to just go out, even to feed, you know, my kids get so frustrated because their chore is to feed animals and they, you know, just, oh, I gotta go feed again. And there's some mornings I'll get up and let them sleep in and I'll just go and feed. And though it, it's a chore, it just makes me feel so good to know that I'm contributing it to my family. Um, now, granted, we haven't killed anything to eat but we know that if we have to that capability is there um that's one reason we're trying to grow our herd of cattle so that we can do that so that we can you know if we get a bull calf 
we can and we can feed it out and then you know butcher it so that we will have food for our family um with the way things are going that's what we're looking at is getting back to our roots and and you know feeding our with what we grow here because we know what's going into it and we know where it's been and so that's something that um down the road we're looking at doing and you know hopefully this year that cow's gonna calve again and if she um if she throws a bull then we're gonna you know feed it out we've already talked to the kids we're not gonna get attached we're not gonna do that because we just we want to be able to provide for our family in the case that things in this crazy world get crazier and um, we want to be able to do that so that we don't have to rely on grocery stores and food short and all those things that we a couple of years and so i just like i said i can imagine not having them because to me it's just a way to i come home and i know that i have something something else that relies on me, you know, as a mom, my kids rely on me, but these animals, and it's hard because we can't go a lot of places for long periods of time. Yeah. But um, I would just rather be here. I love the way that you were mentioning that you're getting back to your roots and you are completely right when you said that you can't go a whole lot of places when you do take on this type of lifestyle and how you said that your kids um, view a lot of these daily tasks as chores, but that I, I've noticed that in my own life, it really does give me like a sense of purpose of needing to get up every single day because something is relying on me and, you know, I've added them to our family. You know, we have all these chickens. You, you don't get to just have the luxury of staying in bed, um, because your chickens need to get out of the coop and go and eat and, so it's that whole circle of life. They work for us, even though we're not, these are animals for us. The chickens in particular are not like a meat chicken for us, but they're an egg layer and we, we do get the produce from them of the eggs, but you know, they, they manage the groundwork for us, you know, they, with their scratching and they provide us with compost. So it's a whole, you know, they're just as much a part of our family and we rely on them to continue on with our, our farming and, and growing to, like you said, to, in order to be sustainable. So I like the way that you were stating that because it is a, it is a way of life. And I know Shelly, when you came out and you actually visited with us, you know, you and I met over the internet and then we just slowly became friends. And it was really cool that once we moved from Idaho to Oklahoma, that we were finally close enough that we could touch bases and you've come out to our farm a couple of times and you now have a border collie from the Winston and Charlie litter. Um, and you actually got a phone call and was like, we have to leave early because the bull's out. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're dead on when you said that sometimes a vacation has to be cut short. But, you know, it's not something that people, I think, who live in this lifestyle complain about. It's it's just that's what your life is. And it's, um, you know, there's so many great days and, as well as the hard days. But, you know, it's just something like you, I wouldn't want to change it. Right. So you stated, Shelly, that, um, you know, you have all these farm animals. So I know that you are a teacher and 
that sometimes I think a lot of people get this, the misconception that farming and ranching is, a, is the only part of somebody's life. And a lot of the times that's not the case because it does cost a lot in order to manage the land and feed the animals. So kind of go into that a little bit about kind of the story outside of your farming and how that supports your farming life now. How are you able well, to do it? I, um, I've been a teacher, um, 25 years now that it's harder, you know, I've kind of thought about stepping back and taking on other roles. Um, which again is why we're trying to build herd so that maybe it can evolve into something else for us, um, monetarily. But for now I do, um, it, you know, I, <laughs> Teaching it was for so long, so much part of me. It was like my life. It, it pretty much consumed me, especially before we had kids. I had now that um, kids, the farm and the animals, even when we just had horses, I needed to come home and I needed to into other things. So I started learning to get done, to get done at school and leave it there. So that when I'm home, I could devote myself to animals and then now kids and animals. It's getting a little harder to juggle the more we add to our menagerie or, our, you know, our farm here. But um, we make it work. You know, the kids help a lot when they can. They're learning how to um, mend fences and do different things. Uh, my week with his job. And so it's just the kids and we kind of have to do it all. You know, we've, we've had to um, prowl cows in the middle of the night, get back in the pen. We've had to um, come home and mend fences so we could put it back up. We've had to figure out who things around so that they don't um, interact with each other the way they shouldn't. So um, it's, it's taught us all a lot and we learn from it every day. Um, but it also gave me a way to connect to my students. Um, a lot of them have animals. Um, you know, I teach a city per se. It is still like rural. So our kids have animals. So then there's a way to connect with them because when they learn that we chickens, oh, we have chickens, and then we can we can kind of talk about that or I have had some kids have horses and so then they will see my so I always try to share um the animals as much as I can with the kids because that is why that um we can relate to them and then it it just helps them know that yes I am a real person and I don't live at school and I yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think that is important that your students and maybe if someone doesn't have the chickens or the horses to relate to you you're sharing a new piece of life that they might not have ever been able to experience before without right. having your type of um, input on that so that's pretty exciting so what type of advice do you have for someone who is maybe in the same foots um, in the same place as you are and maybe they're a teacher maybe they have another uh, another pos a job and you know, they kind of have always wanted to get started or get um, get an animal of their own to put on their on their little piece of land. What 
advice do you have for them in order to get started? I would just say um, start small. That's kind of what I did. I mean, granted, we had horses to begin with, <clears throat> but when I did, I wanted to own animals per se. I just started with a goat. Uh, I thought, you know, I'll get a goat and we'll go from there. And then I got chickens because I wanted fresh eggs. And so and it just kind of had the one goat and then um, was a male. So I said, okay, I need a female. So we got, um, we actually came home with two females and a male, um, but that's okay. But this start small, learn as you from other people who who have animals. I mean, that's really where I learned. And of course, my husband has had animals all his life. He is a great um, information for me, but he had never had chickens. And um, the only thing he really knew about goats was that they got out all the time, regardless of what you did with them. <laughs> so that's um, what we did. We just started small. And when my son wanted the bottle calf, that was another for us because I was like, how are we with teaching and not being home? You know, sometimes you have things in the afternoon where you can't get home. Um, but we managed and we made it work. And I did a lot of reading on things and um, just pick one thing. And that was what I did. I did the goat and I ever like two or three years before I ever got chicken. This way we could take care of it and, you know, financially because feed is a big deal. Um, you now we've got to, we feed twice a day. Um, so that's a lot of feed and it's not cheap and it's not getting any cheaper. So um, that, that was kind of a thing for us, but the chicken kind of sustainable and they free range because we don't have to feed them as much. Um, we feed them scratch so they can, you know, do natural scratching things too. They find so much in the yard and in the pasture that, you know, they don't eat their, we keep feed for them, but they don't eat it as much when they free range like that. So that would be my advice is just pick like one animal that you want to start with. It It's a preference thing, really what you want. I mean, I just, this, I saw this guy that had these goats and I, you know, of course, they're cute when they're babies. Still cute, grown up, but they're cute as babies. And so I was like, that's what I want. And so we went and, and got the goat and like I said, we had them two or three years before we added anything um, to the farm. Now it's like, it just keeps growing and I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good advice for someone to be able to start small and then, um, yeah, like you said, making sure everything is in place or you feel comfortable with the current animal you have before adding on to another one because adding a different variety of animal, um, they usually have very different needs. So goats have very different needs than chickens. And so being yes. ready to financially take that on. And that's from the sounds of it is one of the reasons why you have your current position still because farming is expensive and doesn't always yes. make a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shelly, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? How can people follow you and what do you like to post about? Um, what kind of content do you like to share with your followers? Uh, well, like I said at the beginning, I'm on the 
Facebook and Instagram as Chalk Burns, J-L-B-U-R-N-S. Um, and I, I post all sorts of I post quotes and memes and mom life and farm life. I just post um, reality, you know. We see so much on social media and we think, oh, they've got a great life. Well, I'm sorry, everybody's life is messy. Somewhere, some area is messy. And I try to post that too. You know, I post the days that my teenager has just like, and I just want to get my truck right away. You know, I post those days because people need to see it's not all, that farm life is not always great. And mom life is not always great, but we can learn from yeah that's a really good point um yeah and that's one of the reasons why i do enjoy following you is also because your fitness you do such a great job about showing showing up for yourself and making time um depending on your schedule it could be before your work or after your farm chores and so i really enjoy just seeing that it's a well-rounded um lifestyle that you've curated for other people to be able to relate to and see that um, it's possible to have your fingers in a lot of different places and achieve a lot of goals that you have. Yes. Yeah. And that fitness is a big part of it. Um, I don't, I post it for me. If it helps somebody, it helps somebody, but I, I'm still here. I'm still getting it done. I know that I'm accountable to um, but like I said, if there's somebody encourages somebody, makes somebody you know, get up and walk into the ball every day, that that I'm here for. That's part of our bodies. However, um, you know, even if I'm just doing for walking, you know, the property, I'm checking fence, I'm doing those things, and um, it just gets us out and moving, even the family. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.